Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bass. And thank you for listening. David, Yes. how you doing? I'm, I'm so excited, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control. Well, how do you feel about that part? Uh, jury's out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Because, of course, we got, we've got Comic-Con coming up, but uh, we'll put that on the back burner for now. Mm-hmm. Right now, we got to keep the lights on. we got to pay the bills. That's right. And for a while, and these lights won't be on much longer because hopefully at some point in my life, we will be moving. <laughs> yeah, it's hopefully very the next exciting. time you hear us talking, hopefully. That um, should be the case. Yes, it won't one be way in a cavernous. Yeah. Uh, it won't be so echoey. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everybody. Um, I'm literally the moment I move in because Jen's going to be out of town and I don't feel particularly uh, capable of doing anything except setting up my office. Uh-huh. So those DVD shelves are going to be up like day one. Well, when do you and I get to go rug shopping? Not not for hair pieces, actual. We're, we're going to go. Oh, boy, I really get... misinterpreted that question when you asked it. Um, <laughs> we're going to go get a rug together, right? I believe we are going to do that, so aren't we? So domestic. I love it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's say after Comic-Con. After you know. Comic-Con, okay. Um because then, when I if I know we're doing it after, right. then it's like okay, now I know that, that I can wait to think about it until then. Or maybe at Comic Con, when I walk the floor, we can pick up some sure. rug with Deadpool's ass on it. Absolutely. Or <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm out now um, of the podcast. I mean, okay. So this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a handpicked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $5.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Now, I'll say this. We're recording this far enough in advance that I'm, I'm not going to recommend any particular movie because uh, I don't know what uh, what has come out over the last week. So maybe what I'll do is I will repeat uh, The Happiest Day in the Life of uh, Oli Maki, which... Uh, got theatrical di- distribution through Mubi, and now it is, av- it is available exclusively through the Mubi streaming service. Uh, and then there is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I.com, slash Battleship for your free month. And I want to tell you guys about tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're professional quality earbuds, and they come in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. And they're all available at a low, low price over at tweakedaudio.com. But uh, because you know us, because we vouch for you, because you're cool, and because you're willing to put in the extra effort, you can use the offer code pretension at checkout and get one-third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension okay <laughs> all right everyone's done that everyone's gone to tweakedaudio.com and is back so now i am going to introduce our guest i'm very excited to have uh this this guest i've been hearing him for years uh, every year on another podcast doing the comic-con preview and i was like mm. we need to get some of that magic <laughs> here on this show what's, what's this other podcast uh, we don't need to name no, it as the sd concast they do a great job over oh, there. yeah um right. Uh, but from io9 and Gizmodo, it's Jermaine Lucier. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. It is cavernous in here, but you know, it's but homey <laughs> as well. You know, um, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I think you're being nice. I yeah. think it is the opposite of homey right That's now. That's all right. No, it's, 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 it's a literally, site. literally lived it. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, now I have not met you before, That's Jermaine. Uh, That's and strange. Yeah, you you run with a different crowd than I do sometimes. Well, I, to, I mean. Obviously, you know, Jimmy and I are good friends for years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But no, it is weird that you haven't crossed paths. 
Yeah, there's a handful of people that you know that I don't, and I don't think there. I don't think it goes the other way at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of people that you know that I don't. Because they're all Christians. Yeah, but it's, Christian. Uh, it's okay. I, fr- I forgot to warn Jermaine beforehand. We have to like we have to. Do That's my new bit. Thanks for that. <laughs> that I pretend that I have to warn the guests. Um, yeah, it's well, I appreciate that. Um, but that, but you know what? Honestly, I feel like that doesn't even count. What doesn't? Like, the, like, oh, oh, the, oh, the, yeah, the Christian writers that I know, they're not professionals <laughs> any more than I am. Um, so like I've, I've made it highest uh, up of all of us. And what does that, what does that tell you? Uh, well, let's actually, instead of bullshitting, uh, about this bullshit, indeed, let's actually talk to Jermaine. Okay. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm getting ready for what? Nine, sh- nine straight days of work this week. Uh, luckily my, bo- uh, my job will give me two days off after that. Then we start into however many for the comic-con week straight and uh-huh. then i will get some days off after that but basically you're looking at like almost two and a half weeks of just non-stop insanity starting you know we're recording this on a sunday starting monday here we go yeah pedals to the metal because you're of course you've got d23 before d28 well you gotta work a full work weeks people forget and then right. yes then d23 the one weekend which is that'll take up your saturday sunday and then yeah the comic-con next week which is wednesday to sunday and then that goes right into the next week so you have no time like you said lucky i get a, a couple of days here and there um yeah but uh, yeah i'm trying to catch up on some sleep and that's really where i'm at right now wow. yeah and it, it, meanwhile it's uh, a million degrees in los angeles this week and no sign of it letting up um yeah no and there's and now there's a ton of movies i don't want to see i just got no time I, I haven't seen the beguiled yet a ghost stories out i haven't seen that yeah. yet i mean like i kept meaning to see like wonder woman again there's no time it's yeah. just it's just too much well i think uh, on our last episode we ran down our favorite movies of the year so far and i think tyler's is the beguiled and mine is a ghost story yeah so yeah. Yeah, those are two i'll get to i'll so get to I'll get yeah. to him. I, 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 I haven't seen Spider-Man yet. I, I've seen that twice. I'm seeing excited. that probably tonight after this. Okay. So I'm excited. Um, so uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Okay. Um, the same thing I ask all our guests. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Orange County, New York, which is, uh, <laughs> I guess everybody's like, oh, Orange County, if you're out in LA. And it's like a suburb of uh, Manhattan. It's about an hour north. And uh, yeah, I grew up, it was, you know, very suburban, you know, um, went to college at NYU because they had a, uh, a really great program called Cinema Studies, which is film theory, history, and criticism. So I got to major in watching movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents paid $40,000 a year so I could watch <laughs> movies. Um, from there, I worked, uh, did a bunch of internships at like Premiere Magazine, Entertainment Weekly. I really thought like print was where I was at. Meanwhile, I'm reading all these websites that I would never <laughs> thought were actually viable. Uh, and never thought, you know, still start one or something like that. I, I was dead set on getting a job at a magazine. Which is incredibly competitive. Uh, if you've seen the Devil Wears Prada, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I saw that documentary, saw the, I saw the documentary. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then uh, I ended up working at my local newspaper in Orange County for like six years, living at home until I was like twenty five, twenty six, and I was like, this sucks. Like, I just, it was a great job. It would have been the best job in the world if I didn't live with my parents, because uh-huh. I got to write about movies and comedy and art and music, and just I was like the entertainment reporter of the whole area. But then one day I got fired, but it was actually perfect because I was planning on moving to Los Angeles anyway. And so, and it was let go. It wasn't, it wasn't my performance. Um, some job person's going to listen to this, you know, recruiter at some point. And, uh, <laughs> like he was the only entertainment guy and they, and they the only one. Yeah. <laughs> and they let him they go. They fired him. Yeah. Uh, moved to LA, you know, met a couple online people and then boom, boom, boom. And now I'm here, you know, I uh, worked for slash film. 
and I met Peter through Steve from Collider, and I got that job. I worked there for like a couple months because he was just on Twitter one day, and he was like, "Hey, you know, like I'm looking for writers," which people do every time to time, and uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh yeah, hey, I want to I want to write about movies." He's like, "Oh yeah, well, what do you been doing?" And I was like. Well, went to NYU and from your magazine, <laughs> Weekly. He's like, "Holy shit!" Like you were, uh, yeah, okay. And so, yeah, it's. And uh, I never thought I, I moved to LA to get out of journalism because I thought journalism was dead. Uh-huh. Well, it kind of is, but um, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, it just turned out that and the online stuff worked out, and and I love it. I mean. I mean, you guys too. We we sort of get paid to think and write, and yeah. you know, we, we sort of get, sort of. <laughs> how about this? Jobs. We don't pay to do it, right? There you go. That works. <laughs> Which is more than a lot of that's, people. Yeah, can that's say. a step up, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So it's so it's great, and I've been doing. Uh, so I've been actually like been published for like twenty years. I've been doing this sort of wow. from like high school and on. You know, that's counting high yeah. school, and then. Uh, but yeah, now I've been at uh, io9, which is part of Gizmodo for going on two years, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, this, I'm a little. I think June is two years. This is my yeah, whatever. I don't remember. It's too much. I'm, <laughs> time, time is a flat circle, as they say. Exactly. Just, it goes goes exactly. to adding nothing every time. Um, <laughs> and how did uh, what kind of as as a kid you were like you knew you wanted to write about movies. Yeah. So how did you get into movies? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't know exactly how he got into movies, but I know like. It's because like my neither my parents are really big into the arts or movies. Uh, I think it might have been my uncle. My uncle worked at the video store, a uh, video store that I ended up working at for like seven years during high school. But like I have a you video. were in high school for seven years. I was. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I worked there from uh, fourteen to twenty. So did you go to Hogwarts? Yes, school. <laughs> okay, I wish. I wish. Um, but we uh, the cinema studies program at Hog- it, Hogwarts. Hogwarts oh is very, very good. I'm the minor in journalism and muggle Magical studies. Journalism. Yes. Um, no, but there's a video of me in second grade. Well, there, there's by said by there's a video. It was filmed. I don't know where it is anymore. Where I said I wanted to be like Rex Reed uh-huh. and, and wow. get paid to watch movies because well, it like yeah, it was like 1988. I mean, it was sure. almost pre Siskel and Ebert, like you know. So uh, he was like the film critic that you knew the name, even though I didn't like read him. I was like, I want to write about movies, and I said that in second grade. I knew, and uh, and it wasn't until like high school where I was like. And, and, you know, basically, like, from seventh grade on, every Friday night I'm at the movies doing everything. And, like, I worked at the video store, and so I got to see everything. They were, by, like, the age of 16, they were letting me, like, order the movies because they knew, oh. like, I knew what I was doing, you know. And we'd get the screeners in early, like, a preview cassettes that they would send to video stores to say, like, how many copies of this, you know, you want us to do. And so I get to see stuff early like that. That was kind of my foray into seeing things early. Yeah. And that when I mean that was also it was at post theaters before video so it wasn't like that early people already seen the theaters but so yeah I've been so I sort of just got all immersed in it you know and then realized like in high school I was like well how do I actually get paid to write about movies and uh, and I was like well film critic I don't know if that's really what I want to do because it's kind of a lonely existence if you're just a film critic mm-hmm. just going from movie to movie to movie uh, and sounds great yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic I know right but you're just always alone and stuff and you know what actually I got that because I was, as a high school kid I went to my local film critic and I sent him like a letter and said like, hey I want to be a film critic you know uh, give, give me any pointers I was probably like 15 and he was like yeah you want to come to the city for the day and see movies with me and I was like oh wow wow yeah and uh I forget the. F- we saw two movies in the day. One was an independent film that I don't remember, but the second one was Eddie starring Whoopi Goldberg. Oh boy, it was a fun day. That's when she coaches the Knicks. Right? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And okay. so, uh, 
but that was awesome. I got to go into the city with this guy, uh, which sounds creepy now, but like, you That's know, it's the first thing, like if, yeah. in 2017, if like a, a grown man says to yeah. a teenager, come into the city and spend all day sitting in a dark room with me. Yeah. Yes. It's weird. <laughs> but my parents were all cool with it, obviously. And he was, he was the one who told me, he's like, it's kind of, it kind of sucks, especially because living where I lived to see movies in the city, you had to get on the train and you're looking at like, you know, like two hours door to door, depending on where you live and where you're going in the city. So you're, you just been, so I was like, well, let me do more journalism. And like, I'm like, Oh, the people reading like entertainment weekly or premiere. And I'm like, Oh, they, they talk to the, they talk to the people They go to the sets of movies. Uh-huh. That sounds cool. And so I started, so as I started cinema studies, I went into journalism as well. And I was like, and then I, they've always just been doing that. Um, I have a handful of questions. The first one I'm going to ask is, have you ever met Rex Reed? No, I have never met Rex Reed. Um, no, I, I don't. And I don't think that I, would be a nice story. It would be a nice yeah. story. And I'd be like, Hey, I was, no. And he would be like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, now what I want to ask you now is now that you do both critic and, you know, film journal journalism, um, which thing do you still have the most like joy or glee in? Is it seeing things early or is it going to sets and talking to people? Um, it's, it's also good. I mean, and going, I think it's going to set still and not even just being on the set of a cool movie and talking to people. It's the, it's, it's just having all this information. It's like a Thanksgiving dinner of information. And you're like, well, I, can't, I only can eat one meal, so how do I make the perfect play? You know, so so I'm taking, you know, I have f- transcripts of 14 interviews, and I have all these notes, and this is the scene they shot, and this is what I know about the movie. So I, I'm like, I take that, and like, I love taking it and being like, okay, well, crap, 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 that, uh-huh. and this is what I want to do, and working it into a feature that no one reads um, because <laughs> no one reads set visits because I guess they're just long, you know, too long didn't read pieces on the internet. Um, but that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing is that like, is to be there and sort of take it all in and find the little details that people will never see. You know, like what the stars do between takes or anything like that. Find a cool thing, a piece of concept art on the wall that nobody sees, and that kind of stuff still gets me uh, pretty, pretty stoked. I have a question for uh, for the room. <laughs> um, do Hello. You, Hello. <laughs> do you think that? Do either of you think that it is possible? to make your living solely as a film critic when you're online? Yeah. Or do you also have to do the film journalism thing as well? Because I, I can't yeah. immediately think of anybody I know that only reviews films, and that's how they make their living, unless it's for a, a, public, a print publication or something right. like that. I think it's possible, but it's probably not sustainable. Right. I think there's probably people who've done it for a couple of years, you know, but yeah, you have to do other things. I know people who, um, don't do news coverage and only do, you know, like, uh, features and interviews and, and reviews where they won't like, they're like, you know, like 80% of my time or 70% of my time is spent grinding and putting out news stories and keeping the site updated because that's where you get all your clicks. Because like I said, my company could pay for me to go to Atlanta and see the Spider-Man set and that could cost a couple hundred dollars. Now, the amount of clicks that that article has to make to make it worth it is never going to happen unless like something crazy happens, like Tom Holland broke his leg and I was there or something. You know, right? Uh, so you have to do the other stories to make the cool ones worth it. You know, yeah. and and that goes for everything. That's why you know you have to review Transformers so that you can review a ghost story because more people are going to click on the Transformers right. review than that. You know, so those kind of things. Uh, so I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now uh, that that trip to Atlanta, they could save money by 
while you're there, you could just visit all two dozen sets of all everything yeah. that's shooting in Atlanta. <laughs> that, well, <laughs> yeah, except that uh, with the new Avengers movie shooting there, that's all. That's the only thing. Really? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how I would know that now that I think of it, but you know. Forget I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, now uh, I want to get into Comic Con, but uh, uh, you mentioned that your your parents were into art, and I know that's we're not. Oh, we're not into art. Yeah, so weren't they? Hated yeah. it. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's weird, right? Like I, I, we would go to the movies and stuff, but eventually it just became me. And if we rented movies, like to this day, if we watch a movie. I'll be like, oh, we're going to watch this movie. Am I, am I able to sit down and the credits will start and my dad will get up and go to the bathroom. I'm like, you can't miss the first 10 minutes of the movie. He's like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'm like, you don't care. You don't care about the stuff. How did I learn? Yeah. Um, but I know you are a bit of an art collector. Yes. Uh, like, you know, art, art, wall art, whatever you want to Poster call it. art, pop culture art. I call it yeah. pop culture art. Yeah, how'd, how'd that happen and how's that going? Uh, it's terrible. It's a, it's a dark, dark hole of <laughs> debt and flat files and... <laughs> Stuff that you, I have so much stuff. It's not even funny. Today, on the I went to this event this morning, and on the way back, I stopped at the gallery to pick up three pieces that probably cost like eighty dollars total. That they'll, they'll never go on the wall. I don't know why I bought them. I bought them because I like uh-huh. them, and I'm like, eventually, maybe they'll go on the wall. Like if I had a place like this, you guys is much bigger than like where I live in. I'm like, oh, now I have like seven rooms I could put stuff in. Like that's like where I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, but I got into that. I just I've always loved movie posters, and eventually. I mean, I always collected, you know, theatrical one sheets and like in high school, it was like, oh, I need to get the double sided ones because those are the ones that are actually in the theater uh-huh. and you could only get 27 by 40 frames at Suncoast, you know, and uh, <laughs> so I would do all that stuff. And then and then like I forget, I think it was uh, I, I saw a Mondo poster somewhere, you know, and uh, I think it was a Tyler Stout and I forget it was. I probably saw it on Slash Film, too. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I was like, oh, these are limited. So these are like. Not everybody has this. Okay. And then like it started rolling, rolling, and then it clicked in super hard at like, uh, I think it was 09, whenever they did a gallery 1988, did a huge art series based on the last season of Lost. Right. And yeah. so they released like a poster a week and it was like this phenomenon that people were going like crazy about. And that's when I was like, oh, what's this gallery and who's this artist? And it just all is steamrolled since then. And now like every single wall in my place is filled with stuff and like i have very expensive posters and insurance on the you know, renter's insurance that goes all through the roof because of my posters that would never ever cover even close to what they're worth um but it's fun it's it's uh, it's a whole different community a whole different set of like muscles i'm using you know yeah. to, to do that so it's cool awesome um you know it's interesting <laughs> like when people collect stuff that isn't movies i'm just I, I, it fascinates me because like Movies, uh, like Blu-rays, Blu-rays and DVDs, it feels very specific because it's like, all right, well, I'm not collecting beta or yeah. VHS. Uh, it's just this, which will limit me to however many thousand uh, uh, movies have been unreleased on, on DVD and Blu-ray. But like when it's art, that's huge. Like, how do you even decide? Well, this is what I want, but this one over here is uh, unnecessary. Um, well, the same way you'd pick a movie. So, like, you don't buy every single movie that comes out every week. Unless you I do. do. I you do. do? <laughs> yeah. I used to, by the way. I used to buy, like, 15 Blu-rays a week. Wow. Or, uh, like, probably 
when I was working at the newspaper, so like 2005 or whatever, like I would go and just buy every single, not everyone, not literally, but I would buy like four movies that were cool and like every single week. And I ended up like with so many movies I didn't care about, but that's especially when they're on sale. Five bucks. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I I mean, this is is when they were brand new. So they were really on sale. I would buy the new releases on Tuesday. Well, it's because I was living at home. Like I said, so I had had all this cash. I thought, you know, I should have been saving is what I should have been doing. Um, (laughs) But it's the same way. Like if you go like if six movies come out this week, you know, I want to buy these two, you know, that's why I go into a gallery or something. I'm like, I like that. I don't like that. And now once you have so much stuff, it really, your, your focus gets even crazier. Like, Oh, I like that and that and that but I don't have room for those two. And that one, I would never make the ball, but that one I could switch out with that. And like, it's really specific and weird. Is there a sense of urgency to it? Because like with a movie, it's just like, okay, well they mass produced this. This is not going away anytime soon. I could get it at the very least in a couple of days. Uh, but art, I assume it's like, I got to do it now. No, that's, I mean, that that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Yeah. Where like I've camped out for 36 hours for art shows to make sure I was first in line or second in line because they're all original paintings. And I want those original paintings. If I miss it, it's gone forever. You know, and there's other and other things. Yeah, if there's like 200 of them, you got to be there maybe an hour or so just to make sure you're in that number to get something. And if it, something drops online, it's an wow. instantaneous thing. And it's a whole set. It's another hard set of skills to uh, to have all your information, uh, you know, in, on your paste thing, and then be like and know exactly what buttons to push and how to do it. I had a friend. This is a, a off-topic, weird story, but he wanted me to help him get this new Shepard Fairey poster. And he's like, "Well, what you, what you do is." If you take the poster and put take an old poster that's not sold out and put it in your cart, but don't check out all the way. Once the new poster comes up, just hit refresh on the cart and it'll show up and then you can buy. And I was like, what? you've thought this through way too much. <laughs> but it saves about 15 seconds of clicking through, and yeah. that's how you get the posters. Like, so, yes, there is a, there is a very, very stressful <laughs> level of that, and uh, it, it can be crazy that's up there with uh if any of us had to uh pay to go to comic-con uh yes. where like, <laughs> those those days there was one time when i did not get my my register my press registration and uh, at yeah. the right time and so i was like so i gotta pay for this like some kind of peon <laughs> and then i realized then i was like oh the payment is not the pro the hard part the hard part it's is being in. allowed to pay for Yo, it God. And, but th- that's, relatively, that's a relatively new thing i mean i've been going i was thinking, i think it's like my 12th year this will be my 12th too 2006 yeah. was my first yeah one. that's about right and back then it wasn't that bad like they used to have this little thing on the website where they'd show you how far they were to sold out because i've only actually worked comic-con probably the last six years so i was going as a fan but and uh it's a very different experience well it's there's like three things right so there's going as a fan waiting and lying pair thing great then there's going as like as like a as like a normal press person where you got you don't you can get in for free but you still gotta wait in line and stuff and then if you're lucky enough i'm knocking on wood here oh i got this table at target i don't know if oh, that's then, then this is bad <laughs> where i can where i can talk to the, the studio and they can give me a pass one pass for one person to get into some panels that saves a lot of thing but that's a whole yeah. thing that all you know they only let a handful of people do so yeah. uh, I, I feel very fortunate but it so that changes the game but yeah it's a it's comic-con it's just it's the craziest thing and people have no idea people have no idea i wrote an article like two years ago about that like yeah there's a process now to get those passes and not only and once you get your pass you, you gotta get your hotel and hotel then you have to see if you're gonna pay for parking or you're gonna yeah. drive if you're gonna drive you gotta find you gotta get parking and there's a lottery you get parking 
And then yeah. if you want to get exclusives, now it used to be just wait in line. I'll get up early. I'll get in line. I'll go down to Hasbro and I'll buy my Transformer. No, now you have to like win a lottery to get a chance to do that either beforehand online or there at the convention. They just, they've yeah. just, they've made it so difficult and it's so crazy. Uh, but I, th- I, I hope Tyler was being tongue in cheek when he said the people who pay are peons or whatever. Oh, uh, yes, I because was. Because they're very dedicated fans. I actually find that very touching that they're willing to go through that. But you're right. There are people who don't understand. Like my, my nephew, his, his mom, my sister-in-law was like, I think I might take him to Comic-Con. Yeah. And I want to be like, this is not a decision you make lightly. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like the people who were there put in the time and the effort, even if it's not paying, even if we have to take a le- uh, easier thing for press, like you guys, we had to get hotels and we have to get down there and we yeah. have to like make a plan of, yeah. of attack. It's yeah. it, the people who were there or in those rooms or buying those things, they earned it every single step of the way. It's yeah. crazy. And it shouldn't be, it should be a lot more lax and fun. And yeah. it's not, I, uh, I have, it's I, fun, but it's not lax. I have yeah. encountered those, someone who said like, it was last year and, and, uh, they said, so what are you doing this way? I was like, oh, I'm going down to Comic-Con. I was like, oh, I keep meaning to go down there. And I want to be like, you poor bastard. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, yeah, this sounds very to be, casual to like, you. I mean, I, I don't remember when you could like just walk up and buy tickets, but I know our friend, friends, we have friend like uh, Ryan from Criterion cast more and him later has been going for like 20 something years. Cause yeah. he grew up mm-hmm. in San Diego and then, yeah, their mom would just like drop them off and they'd go and like buy a ticket at the yeah. door. Well, you could, but this, it's, it's, it's shifting a little bit now where you, you, if you don't have a ticket, there's a lot of cool stuff you can yeah. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a lot of cool stuff. You Which can is why do. they need more hotel rooms. Cause I think there's increasingly there are people going down who don't have badges. Yeah. Or, or yeah. People who couldn't get a badge, got a room or people yeah. with badges don't have room. It's, it's uh, insane. I also remember because I mean, obviously the, the camping out for hall H thing is, is insane. I, but I remember not that long ago, I guess 2000, uh, 10 would have been the, the final lost panel. Yeah. It was a hall H panel. I got in line at like eight 30 in the morning. Yeah, and I was it like you. It, it was. It's funny. The 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 prevailing thought is that, and it's kind of like a shirt meme thing. It's Twilight Ruin Comic Con uh-huh. because those girls were fans of. They were so excited about it that they would get in line like two days early yeah. and up the game. So the fir- the first year that that happened, um, for I think it was the, for for New Moon or whatever, because they, of course there wasn't one for the first movie. Was uh, the Avatar panel was like right after it or before it and. Me and my roommate John Chang were like, like we, we, we are we not getting into Avatar if we miss this? So we camped out uh-huh. oh, with okay. the Twihards because and we had like we put like they had these like New Moon uh, Burger King hats. Uh-huh. So we took ours because they had them out there. But we took them and turned them inside out and wrote Team Avatar. <laughs> there was like Team Jacob, Team Edward, uh, and we were the only people. We didn't need to do that because you have to think about like people like shared interests where like most of the Twilight people left after it, and then you could just walk into the Avatar panel. But yeah, right. it's different. And 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 like this year. Saturday will be Saturday will be like crazy, um, but like any kind of kind of almost uh, other panels you probably be able to walk into. I think we sometimes overestimate mm-hmm. or underestimate how big that room is, you know. So like I forget, there's like a panel on Friday this year. I haven't um, looked too too hard at it, but like that's after Game of Thrones and it's very different from Game of Thrones. I forget what I'm thinking of, but I was like, if you just want to go to that panel, a lot of the Game of Thrones, a lot of people are waiting only for Game of Thrones. They're going to leave. Yeah. So you could probably, if you line up like maybe as the Game of Thrones panel is starting, you could probably get in because like half that room is going to leave and then you could probably get in. So yeah. you got to look at all these things again. You're working hard for it. I think three, three years ago I was, um, 
because I had never gone to Hall H because I had heard all these horror stories. I'm like, I'm not even going to try. Who cares? Yeah. I already live in Hollywood. I'm surrounded by celebrities. <laughs> and so, um, but I was, I was walking by Hall H and I saw that there was, uh, there was, when I say no line, I mean, it was just empty. That whole right. under the tent was completely empty. And I was just thinking like, huh, odd. And, uh, one of the staff members was like, Hey, you can go in. I said, into what? And like, Oh, Hall H. And it's like, are you shitting me? <laughs> and he said, yeah, go on. And I was like, yeah, all right. So I went, and of course I understand. I understood immediately why, because who cared? It was like the 20th Century Fox, and they weren't presenting anything good at the time. Right. But at the same time, it was just like I. And since then, I have figured out a couple of ways to wait, maybe 15 minutes at the most, to get in. Yeah. Um, I, I think a, a big part of it is I have to not care about what is. Bit. Yeah, if you really right. care, like, like if you really want to see like the Walking Dead panel or whatever, yeah. like you got to be there the night before, you yeah. know. And, and Comic Con has done a decent job of trying to m- make that as you know uh, as painless as possible with the wristbands and stuff. I think the uh, wristbands it, thing has kind of backfired. I, I, nev- I literally have never done it. I think I, I, I think the wristband thing on paper is like, wow, that's a great solution. Yeah. In practice, it takes them like inconceivably longer to just hand out wristbands than it should. And so this wristband thing that was supposed to, the idea for people who don't know is you go the night before you get a wristband, it sort of guarantees you a rough section uh, in yeah. line as long as you show up the next morning a certain amount of time before. So the idea is you can go and sleep in your bed and you still got to get up early, but uh, you don't have to camp out. That's the idea. But because it takes them so long to hand out the wristbands, it ends up, it was supposed to prevent camping out and it ends up making camping out worse, uh, es- essentially necessary yeah, okay, because yeah. it takes them until three o'clock in the morning to hand out oh all of the wristbands. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's hard because you'd be like, oh, we'll just hand them out earlier. But then you can't have somebody just hand, go there at five o'clock, get a wristband, and then leave, and then not come back till seven. Like that person doesn't, doesn't deserve to be there. Just right, they and were, also that like keeps people who are currently in Hall H. You know what I mean? Like yes. they, they don't want to start handing out Hall H wristbands until like the Hall H programming is done for the day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Because some people just do that for four days. Yeah, which you know, and yeah, that's a good point too. All right, well, we've gotten into the Comic Con preview, but I do want to take a moment to point out, uh, like I always do, what's going on on the website this week. Although because we're recording early than usual i don't have that much uh but i just wanted to draw your attention to uh alex wrote about uh, a personal journey with martin scorsese through american movies the sequel cast guys are making their way through the hangover franchise they're at hangover part two uh and sarah's making her way through our listener voted top 100 she wrote about bicycle thieves victoria DeSica's bicycle thieves um and uh, that's all important but uh, i also while we're on the topic of comic-con i want to mm-hmm. remind you guys uh, if you are coming down to, to San Diego for Comic-Con or just to hang out in the neighborhood Thursday, July 20th, uh, 8 to 10 p.m., we're uh, at the bootlegger is the uh, the the uh, the annual Battleship Retention Criterion cast Warner Archive meetup brought to you by Filmstruck. So come and get some free DVDs and Blu-rays from the Warner Archive guys and have some free drinks uh, courtesy of Filmstruck from 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, if you're ordering food, you're paying for that yourself. <laughs> um, but you know but, what? Those chicken strips are worth it. Uh, yeah, I was doing the math today, Tyler, and this is either the, depending on how we count it, either the 6th or 8th annual uh bp meetup because we did two that were kind of unofficial and weren't sponsored and right, we right. Weren't buying people drinks this right. is the sixth one where people can come get free free drinks uh on someone other than us i mean in, i'm inclined to say 
8th because okay. while it was not sponsored or anything like that, we announced it. Okay. And uh, and people specifically came. It was uh, appointment television, David. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, come this Thursday, or Thursday, July 20th, to the Bootlegger in San Diego, 8 to 10 p.m. for the 8th annual Battleship Retention Criterion Cast Warner Archive Meetup. All right. Okay. Very cool. Thank you for <laughs> indulging me, guys. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. We already did, but I have to say my catchphrase. Um, what are you looking forward to specifically this year, Jermaine? Um, I think uh, D23. No. Um, <laughs> at at Comic Con, I, I mean, I'm always looking forward to the big movie stuff, but there's not that much this year, you know? So, But it is the biggest of the big, you know? And it's the comic book stuff. So it's not like, it's sort of this year, there are a couple of like small indie little things here and there. But, I mean, I'm really excited to see how much uh, DC stuff Warner Brothers is going to have. Um, uh, I'm excited to see what Marvel's going to fill 90 minutes with. I've heard that they're going to, like, sort of slow. I think it's, like, their 10th year in Hall H. Okay. And it's, like, the, it's going to be, there'll be new stuff. Like, people will kill somebody. They don't see any uh, Affinity War footage. But I uh-huh. think there will, uh, I think there's going to be, like, some, like, you know, lookbacks and some fun bits oh, and that kind fun. of stuff. That's what I've heard. Um, that'll be fun. And, uh, um, I'm really looking forward to, uh, and I, uh, I get crucified on my site about this, but I love Ready Player One, the Ernie Klein oh, book, okay. and we're, they're going to do the first trailer uh, there oh, with Steven Spielberg and stuff. So I am uh, extremely excited to see, like, visually what that movie is going to be because if you've read the book or. or um, it, most of it's set in this virtual world and you know so it's basically like a facebook you could live in facebook like a virtual reality facebook and like and i don't know how they're going to visualize it or what they're going to look like are the actors going to be the real people or their avatars like there's so many questions about how spielberg visualized this when we finally get some answers um uh in the same way that uh at d23 i can finally find out what the hell the Incredibles 2 is going to be about. Cause I've been thinking yeah. about that for like 10 years. Like what the <laughs> hell do you do? Do you do it immediately? Do you pick it up the next second or do you wait or until they're grown up and they're like a family? I don't know. We'll find out this week and come next week. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm excited. I think ready player one is the thing I'm most excited about because Aquaman infinity war, that's all really cool, but we've seen those worlds before, you right. know, even if they do like Deadpool two with the Fox panel, I've seen that generally, but I have no idea what Riddler one is going to be. And Steven Spielberg coming to comic con as it happened once or twice, but issue, but it's always cool. Yeah. I think, I mean, I was there when he was there with uh, Tintin. Yeah. It was him and Peter Jackson. I, I, that might've been the only time. Maybe. I uh, yeah. I can't think of, he didn't bring Munich. Yeah, I don't know if if Bridge of Spies was on the. uh, No, um, wouldn't it be nice if it was though? uh, There was like they did Snowden. Like that's an odd choice. There was a time, probably like in like you know the you know like 2010, uh, 2009, around there, where every movie was there. Every studio was there with all their movies, and yeah, you were getting these weird things like that. I mean, like Brigsby Bear has a panel this year, but I think that's just because. They're like, well, maybe we can capitalize on this because the movie's kind of weird and has Mark Hamill in it. Like, so that's yeah. cool. But and it's a, I mean, the movie. Have you seen? I have not seen it. It's about like pop culture obsession. It's kind yeah. of like so it fits, and that's yeah. cool. And I'm, I'm glad they're doing that. But like, yeah. it, it, there was a time, yeah, where like, yeah, maybe not Munich or something, but like, but like Christopher Nolan, uh, like Inception, right? Or Interstellar. Oh, Interstellar. He was, was there for that. Well, that's yeah. sci-fi. So yeah, it kind of fits. Yeah, and that was a big di- because. Um, uh, I guess that's Paramount, Paramount had announced the Paramount panel, but had not said anything that was on it. It was empty. And so it was like a half full room and Christopher Nolan. And Christopher Nolan and, yeah, they, well, it was crazy. And we still to this day on the Comic-Con cast talk about that. How that was just the, the stupidest thing ever. Like, 
Um, but I think the other student, like this year, you know, Warner Brothers has already said all the movies. That's why we know those things. And Marvel never says anything, but you can always look at their schedule and figure it out. And then uh, Fox hasn't said anything. But uh, it'll mean you can look again, look at their schedule and kind of have an idea. Though I've, I've heard most of what the Fox's panel on Friday is going to be, or Thursday, who cares, uh, <laughs> is going to be uh, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Okay. Um, so Matthew Vaughn, that cast, probably a new trailer. Um, so that, I mean, King, the first, I love the first Kingsman, and the second one looks so cool. So hopefully yeah. that'll blow, uh, I, blow up. I liked the first Kingsman to my great surprise and a part of me is like I don't think lightning is going to strike twice like I don't I don't know if that if, if no, I'm I just, I understand that but at the same time like Matthew Vaughn is a guy where like I think I think I've liked every one of his movies I'm trying to think uh, yeah even like Starlight I like that movie and or Stardust Stardust right I uh, so I like I think he didn't need to come back for a sequel but I think he felt like an ownership over it you know right. more so than he did with Kick-Ass I think so um uh, he's a kind. I think he's a, a long way of saying. I think he's a director where, like, if he makes a movie, I'm there, and okay. I trust him. You know, in not in, in not in the same way, but like a, a Paul Thomas Anderson or Wes Anderson. You know, they're not the same, but those are the kind of guys that you're like. Well, I don't care what their movie's about. I'm going to see it as soon as possible. You know, yeah. Edgar Wright or Quentin Tarantino or any one of these guys. I mean, Matthew Vaughn isn't on that level, but I think he's getting there for me at least. Where I'm like, well, I'm going to see Matthew Vaughn movies, and so. Yeah, it's a sequel. Yeah, they're bringing back Colin Firth for no reason. Like, like it's weird. Yeah, like, he got shot in the head. Like, yeah, pretty Spoilers. Very dead. Very dead. And yeah, he's back. Yeah. Um, but with the, with the American sort of spin on it, it's kind of funny. And uh, oh, right, know. this is the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them sort of. of the Kingsman universe. <laughs> yes, it sort of is. Yes, <laughs> I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I'm intrigued, but also. Uh, well, there's American. King, well, there's Kingsman in the UK, and then here it's called something else. And it's like, instead of... Because we don't have kings, Tyler. Right, right. Right, yeah. And so it's like Channing Tatum and uh, Jeff Bridges and uh, Julianne Moore and Halle Berry. So, and some of them, I, I think Julianne Moore's the bad guy. I'm not sure. But, so yeah. So, like, it's the, it's the American equivalent and they sort of, like, clash, culture oh, clash. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> you know what? Hey, let me put this out there. This has nothing to do with uh, Comic-Con, but I find my, my mind uh, drifting to this. Jeff Bridges is, for me, becoming a little bit Johnny Deppish, hmm. where, I mean, he's always interesting, and he makes choices that you would not immediately assume uh, a person would make, but after a while, it's just like, all right, Jeff Bridges is going to do a funny voice, <laughs> um, he's going to be cantankerous, and he'll probably layer on something else, uh, which is nice, something that Johnny Depp doesn't necessarily do but you know people started getting tired of johnny depp a few years ago yeah. and i'm not tired of jeff bridges yet but after a while it's like i'm seeing the same tricks now yeah over Ma- and matthew over mcconaughey again. is the one for me that i'm i think i'm pretty much tired of matthew mcconaughey I mean, but i'm always hopeful that he'll come yeah. back and do something interesting I think, again yeah, but. jeff bridges is a guy now that we're like <laughs> he shows up in places you don't expect him anybody yeah. does that character yeah but at the same time he shows up in places you don't expect him. Like, so if he does that character and it's in hell or high water, that's not a movie everybody would have done. Right. You know, where he's like, Oh, it's a good script with, you know, yeah. it's like, and so, so I, I think, you know, if he starred as, you know, the, the, you know, in some franchise or something, uh, and did the exact same character, I'd be like, yeah, I think he's going to jump that shark, but I think he's on, I think he, there's definitely this danger of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, when he's doing a similar type of character in seventh son, <laughs> and uh, well, the giver 
And well, then, yeah, see, yeah, I, I, forgot, I forgot those movies existed. But, yeah. see, those, but you're right. To stay on, on topic, uh, those are the two times I've seen Jeff Bridges at in Hall H were for those two movies. Interesting. And the Seven Sun one was interesting because it was like two years before the movie came out. Yeah. I don't know if you remember it. It was like on the schedule. Yeah. And then when the legendary Warner Brothers partnership dissolved and became Legendary Universal, Seven Sun got pushed like a lim- year and a half. Yeah, it was in like limbo for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that is one thing. Like you get like, uh, like Harrison Ford will be back this year, um, uh, for Blade Runner 2049. Um, and the first time we ever got him was Cowboys and Aliens, Cowboys. you know? Yeah. That, and was, they, the, I mean, that was, cool. was the year somebody got stabbed in the face in the, Oh yeah. In Hall H. Oh man. What a year. What a year. <laughs> uh, and what a terrible movie that is. But like, it was a very exciting. They, they sold it very well. You know, um, there are things I like about Cowboys and Aliens. I haven't seen it since it came out and I hated it. I hated it so much back then, but like, I'm sure there are things. I like John Favreau as a director. Yeah. I like everybody in the casts. I like the concept of it, but yeah. and like, it's a movie that like, I'll probably like one day be like, was it as bad as I thought? Let's see. And I'm like, yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Indiana Jones four where you're like, it can't be that bad. Right. Let me watch it again. Fuck. Hate it. <laughs> hate it. So like there are all those movies where you're like, it's still, it can't be that bad. But here's what I think about. Cause I really like chef and I feel like yeah. if Cowboys and aliens hadn't flamed out so spectacularly, we wouldn't have got chef. That's true. That's, true. That's a good point. Um, so, uh, okay. So we talked about that stuff. What about, um, uh, you mentioned in Cowboys and Aliens uh, remind me of, reminded me of this because the next year 2011 mm-hmm. Cowboys and Aliens actually had its premiere yeah. at Comic Con um, how many what, what movies are screening this year you know I haven't really heard of anything people were talking about like Valerian but it opens that week so yeah. you can just see it at the theater there I don't think they're going to do yeah. anything it premieres at Comic Con at a movie theater yeah, down the street yeah, exactly it's yeah. playing five times a day and <laughs> there's no special seating you just go buy a ticket I, have, I honestly haven't heard, any, heard of anything well there's two that I sort of know I, well I'm pretty sure um, Universal's going to screen Atomic Blonde over the weekend. That probably that makes sense. That makes sense. And then it I know it's do. on the schedule at the Horton Grand. Netflix is doing a surprise screening Thursday yeah. night. So I'm assuming it's either going to be Bright or Death Note. It's got to be Death Note because I think two. Bright comes out a little later. I don't okay. know if it's done yet. Um, but I know those are the two movies they're promoting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, I forgot about that. The Netflix screening always on the schedule. Um, but the, and they'll usually there's always yeah there's always like the free screenings that people they're handing out tickets for. T- yeah. And if that makes sense. Um, I, the one thing I, I is how is maybe the Dark Tower because Sony is doing oh. Sony does not have a panel um, and they are going to have some presence in the Dark Tower I've heard like some outside stuff or maybe a booth or something but that movie comes out like a week later or two weeks later like show it there get some buzz going like they need to get some buzz going for that movie yeah. and so, it's something that I, I think is going to be terrible but I really want it to be good and. If, if they have any confidence in it, they should show it there. Um, so that would be a possibility, but I haven't heard anything. But also, it. I mean, not to be cynical, but didn't we maybe learn from Scott Pilgrim that Comic-Con buzz doesn't necessarily uh, translate? Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily hurt either. Right. You know, I, I think um, the, the Dark Tower is a really weird thing that you could do a whole podcast on what they've done and not done, right? And like, so that movie comes out in less than a month when we're recording this, and they still have a second trailer. It might be out by the time people are listening, but they're, they don't have a second trailer yet. They've only had like two posters. Um, there's a lot of like commercials, but it's all the same footage. Like, this is this huge franchise starter, you guys. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, with two big stars that people like, you know? Uh, and it's very weird. Um, 
I, I just, I you have no idea what's happening there. And I, I was, when I heard that Sony wasn't going to be there with it, I was like, it seemed like such a no brainer. And, I, and the more you see that, the more you're like, they must not have confidence in him, but they must know it's Europa core taking $140 million write off, you know, uh-huh. two months before Valerian comes out. You're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Even though that movie isn't that bad, that's kind of fun actually, but it's, uh, it's I'm not excited. great. It's not great. You know, it's not a movie that's going to make a lot of money. So, uh, it'll live on in what, in what it is. But, um, but with Dark Tower, yeah, it's so a screening would be like, okay, here's some confidence in it. It would just give me a sense of something and then I could write something that would give somebody else a sense of something and so on and so forth, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping with it cause I've, yeah, I've heard these complaints about the lack of advertising, but I'm just remembering that we heard the same complaints, uh, about wonder woman up until two weeks before the movie came out. And then now wonder woman's probably going to be the highest grossing film of this. That's true. Well, that was also year. because it was, it was uh, I mean, there's a lot of factors there, but the main thing from just a pure dollars and cents thing was like, people were complaining about it the week that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out and Warner Brothers wasn't going to like spend all this money and get buried by Guardians of the Galaxy right. 2 like the Monday that opened there was like two new trailers online like they, uh-huh. they were waiting yeah. very strategically for that movie to open because then they had their month of run up and yeah there was a lot of talk about it and then it was warranted you know and there's a lot of different angles to that conversation about uh-huh. sexism or whatever but like uh I ended up working out. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. I am intrigued at the notion of a justice league panel, given the tragedy Mm. in Zack Snyder's life. Like it feels like it would be difficult for these individuals. I I don't, I don't mean to judge. I don't mean to say it would be wrong, but it would be odd. I think for these individuals to go up and like celebrate this thing. And there is a notable absence there. Two. For this reason, too, because Joss Whedon won't be there either. Right? Uh, he he said that uh, unless he was lying, he could he could very well just be lying to surprise people, which they do very often. Yeah, I don't know if they if they even mention it. You know, I think maybe their their thought will be, you know, I think the best way to honor him is to you know say he's done great work. You yeah. know, and like I don't know exactly how it's going to work, DGA or whatever, but it looked like. Somebody pointed out that in the press release for the Warner Brothers panel, it still listed Zack Snyder as a sole director. Hmm. So I think they're going to still say this is a Zack Snyder movie, even though he didn't do any of the post didn't finish post production on it. Yeah, sure he did plenty. Um, so I think yeah, I think it's going to be something that maybe they get brought up in a Q and A if somebody asks. Sure. Um, but I think yeah, I think their 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 feeling is probably let's just, the best way to honor him and honor his you know his tragedy is to you know, voiced up this, this work he did. It would have to take someone really socially awkward to bring that up at a Q and a, thankfully we don't have to worry about that type of thing. No, it never happens. Never happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh wow. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It would be interesting. And, uh, but you know, we're going to get, that'll be, that'll be good. I have, uh, that's a movie that you're like, oh, man, like you want it to be so good. Right. But like, I don't know that I even do at this point. You don't, right? but I, I, think, I, think, I, I think wonder woman is going to really help it. I think, yeah. uh, having her back on the screen so soon after that movie, I get people more excited about it. I'm rooting for it so that it doesn't quash <laughs> the positivity of wonder woman. Okay. And, yeah. and I've liked, I, I've liked everything I've seen with like the, the, Ben Affleck Batman. Sure. Um, and so, and I know that uh, Matt Reeves is going to be directing that film. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm rooting for this one as a jumping off. Yeah. Point if this one, this, that, is that, if this one doesn't do that well, or like is, is a, is a 
crit- critical disaster. Like, who knows what happens after that? Yeah. You know, obviously Aquaman will come out, but nothing else is set in stone after that. Right. You know, they have all these, like, untitled movies and, like, 18 or 19 things that are, like, in development. Like, literally that many. Yeah. Like, Gotham City Sirens and Nightwing and Batgirl. And they, there's, like, 18 or 19 possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man of Steel 2. Um so who knows? So if and if this movie doesn't isn't good, it'll do well. Like it's it makes six hundred million dollars in its sleep, uh-huh. makes eight hundred million dollars, you know, very very easily. And then the the the, the, the thing is, is it doesn't make a billion or a billion two, which is really what they would like. You know? Man of Steel two, but Superman died. Oh, no. He can't come. He can't come back. Um, the funny thing is that the, the, he's in some of the marketing like materials, but not all of them. But not not and so I'm like. And when I was on the set of that movie, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's in it." And we're like, "Well, so what?" And they're like, "Yeah, you couldn't have just sleep without Superman." I'm like, "Well, like, so what happens?" Or like, "How do you do?" They're like, we don't want to discuss that. And obviously, <laughs> it's like a spoiler. Like, so that I'm, I mean, for everything I've heard, uh, the rumors I've heard about that is that it's um, that the, somehow he gets resurrected at some point in the movie, and I don't know how or whatever. But that he, when he wakes up, he's bad, and he ends up having to fight the Justice League. And once, yeah. but and then. And then at the end, he will, of course, be good again, and then they'll win the day and go to the next movie. But that's how I heard. That's why they're keeping it very, very hush-hush. That's the rumor I heard. And now, so now somebody's going to be really mad they heard that, that I just said it's a rumor. I don't know if it's true. And they're going to sit in the theater in November and be like, oh, I heard that. He spoiled it for me. I don't mean to. In the current Justice League comics, the the Superman is the Superman from another like dimension and he's so he's recently joined the justice league and the rest of the justice league don't haven't really figured him out or don't know mm-hmm. how to trust him or how much he's like their their superman who died or whatever so i don't know so could, that's probably some, some some sort of influence on that we'll say um okay Maybe, but we'll see if they address that too that's another thing uh yeah i don't know um, a new trailer or something if they'll show that would be a great way to like end a new trailer right like superman opening his eyes or something right. like that like as you know that would be yeah <laughs> yeah the place would go nuts um Okay, so we talked about that. What, uh, what are you personally looking forward to outside of the stuff you're covering? Like, are there are there any Mondo prints? Uh, uh, well, there will <laughs> definitely be Mondo prints. I mean, it's always like uh, the first booth I run to just to see like what they have. Um, but I can really, usually never get the stuff at Comic Con. I have to have friends get it for me or like get it on the aftermarket because I'm stuck working. And right. the way that Mondo released their prints is they just like will tweet, be like, "Oh, something new is on sale right now," and uh-huh. run to the booth. You know, so. Um, there's a cool like uh, Thrawn exclusive that I think uh, Hasbro or our, yeah or Mattel or one of them is doing that's really really cool that I'll never ever get um, because it'll be too difficult and uh, yeah I mean yeah I don't know that's it I mean I, I used to like when I came as a fan I used to spend like six seven hundred dollars on exclusive stuff uh-huh. and that slowly waned off when I realized it was just all sitting there but now that I'm so busy like it's again it's Sophie's choice for, you know, people like, it's like, do I go to this panel or wait in this line or do this or get that? And, you know, to, to get those exclusives and stuff, it's, 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 it's difficult. So, so we'll see. And I don't even have, usually I have like one thing I'm looking for that I'll spend Sunday afternoon, like going up the aisles looking for. And I don't think I even have anything this year. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it just saves money and time, I guess. That's the best thing to look at. Yeah, I've gotten to that point, too, where because uh, for uh, a few years, Fox was doing the um, the, the Blu-rays with the uh, I mean, they, were, they weren't new editions, but they were new art. Uh, OK, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was for Comic-Con. It was uh, you could buy it at Comic-Con. You could buy it on their website during Comic-Con. Um, 
and I was getting excited about that. And like by year three, I was like, all right, I got to make good. sure I go, go. Get, go get something. And then when they didn't do one one year, I was like, okay, I'm glad that's off my plate. Yeah. It can be, yeah, it becomes, it becomes crazy. Um, and people go for like autographs and stuff. That's just, yeah, man, yeah. Is, the dedication is crazy. I collect Riddler action figures and figurines <laughs> Okay. And I don't know where I'm going to put them in the new house. Um, and so with Comic-Con coming up, because I, all right, I happen to know, I not. I mean, everybody who collects Riddler figures knows this, so I'm going to say me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Everyone on the Reddit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, it's like, oh, this next week, this next year, there are like five new Riddler uh, action figures coming out. And it's like, that's very exciting. Uh, and... So Parmy's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna get one or two at Comic Con, and then I was like, I don't know where I'm gonna put it, <laughs> and that's when I realized, like, oh no, this new this move is a mistake uh, because I have nowhere to put my Riddlers. But um, glass case Riddlers, and it was in the corner or something. Right? I um, guess yeah, I guess I gotta get a glass case. I, I put stuff up on shelves on my wall, but yeah, a big glass case right there in I'm gonna say our <laughs> dining room. <laughs> so that our guests can, uh, yeah, you gotta my, utilize the space. You gotta <laughs> utilize the space. Like I, I buy shelves because it's like, oh, then I can put sh- stuff on like eight shelves up, you know, you or, you know, like, oh, I have this flat file or I have this empty space. What can I like pile on top of that to like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, there's this empty space in that corner. I can put that there and move them with stuff. You always have to like, yeah, it's all about utilizing space. And my wife and I are working towards uh, adopting a kid. And so that's another thing we need to think about is not to have too much of my stuff too low. And I did. And I realized as well, I just, say, you have to sell it all anyway. So well, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but like, as I say that, I realize like, Hey, these toys are not for kids. These, these <laughs> toys are for me. Um, the Riddler's not funny. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is that, so your Comic-Con experience, so we do like the, the preview every year, yeah. but because of your job, like there are things you have to cover. You are working. Yeah. And so you need to be there for as many of the big things as yeah. you can and, and, get. And, and I'm not only covering movies. I mean, because our site covers science fiction, fantasy of all things. So, We'll have four people working, but I usually do the Hall H stuff. So not only am yeah. I covering that, but I'll cover probably Game of Thrones and like Preacher and Walking Dead, and I'll shoot myself during Fear of the Walking Dead because <laughs> I hate it so much. And uh, yeah, it can be crazy. Then you got to worry about the Wi-Fi. I just had to buy a new battery pack. Even though I got a brand new laptop, I was like, oh, this new laptop's great. And it is great, but like the battery probably lasts like four hours or something like that, and that's not enough for a whole day. So I had to get mm. a battery pack and then... Uh, yeah, you don't, th- it's, it can be crazy. Then you gotta, like I said, get the Wi-Fi, get stuff up and the way to do it. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how you guys do it, but is you need to have, we have like uh, for iron nine now, like home team and away team. So I'm on away team. I'm actually at there, but home team is there oh, right. to like be on the internet, normal stuff. So I can be like, I can just send them text and be like, go. And then they can like, you know, put it into, you know, whatever, you know, WordPress, whatever you use and get the art and all these things yeah. and make sure it's like copy edited as much as you copy edit something on the internet. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and this way I don't have to worry about that and I don't have to worry about the Wi-Fi too much uh, and that kind of thing. You know, um, you can honestly, I mean, outside of like some footage and only some, because this year, excuse me, and most years now, I think everything's going online like instantaneously. It's very rare that you see something only in the room. Well, I think last year, Marvel only did in the room, whereas Warner Brothers, that was the different. Yeah, Warner yeah. Brothers like released everything immediately. Right, yeah, Marvel that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like Guardians of the Galaxy and, uh, and Spider-Man last year, and like, yeah, nobody saw that stuff. Like, we went onto the set of Spider-Man, 
and half those people hadn't seen anything. We were like, oh, I was like, really? I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, it's, I saw it at Comic-Con. Like, uh-huh. you're right. And so, yeah, I think you know, Marvel will probably do that. Or maybe they'll change their game this year. It's kind of worked out for them so far. So maybe, uh, or maybe their D23 stuff. That's the other wild card with them is I have no idea how they're going to balance yeah. what they release at each thing. Well, one thing is we know there's no uh, no uh, Star Wars episode. Right. Uh, no, no, no Star Wars stuff uh, at Comic-Con. Right. Yeah. Um, D23, I'm sure we'll get something new. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's disappointing, but like, is Marvel sort of, like I said, they've been going to Comic-Con since like 2006, been Hall H like since 2007, and like, they have this rapport with people that they expect, like the biggest of the best. And, mm-hmm. And Star Wars, you know, is they used to have like Star Wars Saturdays in Hall H yeah. or at Comic Con, but it was never like. Well, I guess we did see some big things. We saw like the revealed episode three title and a couple other big things back in the day. That was one of my favorite moments ever at Comic Con. Was they had this video you still find it online of like it went through the entire trilogy, uh, uh, all five movies, and they had like mm-hmm. a little montage, and then like episode four, New Hope, and episode five, and then like it was like and they action, and they had just all this new footage from Revenge of the Sith, and like, nobody knew the title yet. It was episode three. Revenge of the Sith and the whole place burst <laughs> it was crazy like it was just the coolest thing um, which speaks so much to the cool. Comic Con mindset <laughs> yeah. that like you guys realize the the two movies that just came before right like those aren't very good no but this is but the title but the, here's the title yeah and it's just like <laughs> and we've, we just found out and no one else knows yet so and then but then they, yeah, they knew two seconds later yeah. but you but there is that moment you know um, but what I was getting at with the other stuff was that yeah I think 90% of Comic Con you don't really need to be a Comic Con to like cover for yeah. work you know so um, there's just a matter of yeah a footage that they screen in the room and just sort of like a general you know you know, trying to like, you know, put people who aren't there, there with your words, which doesn't really work, but you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. I think the big thing we've leaned, cause we have, we've been talking about movies cause we're a movie podcast, but there's a, a lot of TV presence. And one thing that actually does have currency that happens at Comic-Con is pilots get screened that That's no true. one has really seen and, or will see for months or in the case of something like, you know, uh, I think, um, I can't think of an example, but sometimes it'll, it, it'll be a, uh, a spring, uh, replacement show so it's something that won't no one will see for more than six months and so if you can get you know a review of the pilot or whatever yeah out there on the website that's got like i reviewed midnight texas at, WonderCon. at WonderCon, yeah and they're doing an uh, another screening of the pilot at comic-con and i think it officially airs in a couple of weeks and so um yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, so yeah we haven't talked about tv very much but that's definitely yeah uh, i mean it's really i mean it's really a, with the inclusion of netflix this year i think is the biggest thing to, to the biggest paradigm shift that we've seen obviously we've known for about five years that tv was taking over where the it's a geek property that people are way more engaged with than the mm-hmm. movies because they they're there every week you have all this constant discussions so of game of thrones walking dead whatever else doctor who and so uh that was already happening but i think netflix now so you have not only do you have netflix movies you have netflix television shows uh and they're in like hall h mm-hmm. and i mean like the nerdist podcast or nerdist whatever uh, website has a hall h panel and you know you're starting to see more online things in the smaller rooms i and like we only have the three movie studios i, I think slowly like maybe marvel and dc will stay but like I think television, obviously, but then streaming stuff is going to be yeah. more and more. And I think eventually, people who like video podcasts are going to be like in Hall H, you know, like the most mm-hmm. popular ones, like who like Battleship uh, Pretension. Like, obviously, like you guys, don't yeah. forget to send in those questions for Ask BP yeah. uh, to David at BattleshipPretension.com. Okay, I don't have to do that now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, th- I think th- so. This is like so. The Netflix thing for me is a big deal. Um, 
you know, and I guess they sort of started with the the Marvel shows, but this year they them like with Stranger Things and yeah, Bright and Death Note, and then they do have Defenders and stuff like yeah. that. Like it's it's massive, and I think we're seeing that shift where the. I mean, it was originally a comic book convention. It became a movie convention, and now it's a television convention. But I think eventually, it's it's going to be an online convention, yeah. where, which is sort of mm-hmm. where it all lives anyway. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Well, I think that's a great place to to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, way to put a, put a button on it there. Uh, you can find <laughs> us at battleshipretention.com. That's where you can find uh, all the stuff. You know, when we're at Comic Con, you'll be finding all our coverage there. Uh, you can email us as Tyler said at David at battleshipretention.com or at Tyler at battleshipretention.com. I'm on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Tyler at Tyler Pretension. Uh, anything going on at More Than One Lesson? More Than One Lesson is my Christian podcast. <laughs> Don't want to freak you out. I'm, I'm, I am a beloved guest. Why do you have these um, crosses everywhere? I know you're moving. Um, and they keep falling upside down. It's very disturbing. It's one of the reasons we're leaving the house. Um, uh, no, uh, I, I, there will be an episode, as I've right. mentioned, I'm taking a break, but Reed is filling in for me, so I do not actually know what episode has gone up this week. Okay. Uh, also, like I said, we're on uh, you know Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all that stuff. Jermaine, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can see my writing on uh, io9.com, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at, at Jermaine Lucier, and you can figure out how to spell it. It's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for, for coming up here. Oh, and, thanks, uh, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun, and uh, you know, I'll be seeing you guys in San Diego. Yeah, I'll yeah. see you in San Diego. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 